Engaging sermons on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. A reading from the letter of James. Beloved, is any among you suffering? He should pray. Is anyone in good spirits? He should sing a song of praise. Is anyone among you sick? He should summon the presbyters of the church, and they should pray over him, and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick person, and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. The fervent prayer of a righteous person is very powerful. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O Lord, hear my prayer and let my cry come to you. O Lord, hear my prayer and let my cry come to you. Hide not your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me in the day when I call, answer me speedily. O Lord, hear my prayer and let my cry come to you. He has broken down my strength in the way. He has cut short my days. I say, O my God, take me not hence in the midst of my days, through all generations for years to come. O Lord, hear my prayer and let my cry come to you. Let this be written for the generation to come, and let his future creatures praise the Lord. The Lord looked down from his holy height. From heaven he beheld the earth to hear the groaning of the prisoners, to release those doomed to die. O Lord, hear my prayer, and let my cry come to you. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus entered the home of Peter and saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. Jesus touched her hand, the fever left her, and she rose and waited on him. When it was evening, people brought Jesus many who were possessed by demons, and he drove out the spirits by a word and cured all the sick. To fulfill what had been said by Isaiah the prophet, he took away our infirmities and bore our diseases. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We offer this Mass for medical professionals. We all need them at some point in our lives. Doctors, nurses, medical technicians and assistants of all kinds. The medical field is very diverse, and it is a vocation. It is a vocation that is very close to the heart of Jesus, very close to the mission of Jesus. The mission of Jesus, of course, is to bring us salvation. And that salvation is not just the salvation of our souls. It's the salvation of our bodies, too. It's the salvation of everything, the whole universe. 
So our physical health, something that the commandments of the Lord require us to take care of, require us. Proper love of self is a duty that we have. The commandments of God require it, and the care of our health and the restoration of health is part of the integral salvation that Jesus brings. Integral salvation. The salvation, in other words, of the whole human person, body and soul. Physical health, mental health, spiritual health. Why do we get sick? Why do we have diseases? Why do we die? All those questions have their common answer in the rebellion against God that took place at the very beginning of our human history. God is everything that is good. God is life. If you turn away from the one who is everything that's good and all life, you end up with death and decay. And that's how all this evil came into the world. Now, brothers and sisters, that's why it's most important to understand it doesn't mean that every time a person gets sick, they are being punished for some kind of sin that they committed. That is not the case. It's not a direct line like that. What we're saying is the whole universe, including our bodies and our minds and our souls, were thrown off balance by sin. The original sin that we all inherited and the personal sins that we all commit. That throws things off balance, alienates us from God, from one another, from ourselves, and from created reality. And when we say it alienates us from ourselves, it introduces a division and confusion in the mind. It introduces stress in the body. All sickness, disease, and death ultimately is rooted in separation from God. But that doesn't mean that when you get sick, you need to be thinking, oh, what sin did I commit in order to bring this upon me? Nor does it mean that if you're healthy and running around and feeling great, uh, that you are uh, living in, uh, in virtue. It doesn't mean that either. But notice what happens here in the ministry of Jesus. He's constantly curing the sick. Constantly. And Matthew, who's writing to an audience that knows very well the Jewish prophecies, points to this passage from the servant songs in Isaiah and says, look at what it says. He took away our infirmities. He bore our diseases. This salvation that Jesus brings is physical as well as spiritual. And indeed, in Christ, once we have that eternal life, and once He raises us from the dead, as He will do, we will have our human bodies, because we are our human bodies. Our body is not a possession of ours. It's us. And we will be beyond the reach not only of death, we will be beyond the reach of any kind of sickness, illness, or weakness. That's why the healing professions are an extension 
of the ministry of Jesus. Jesus is healing in our midst. That's why medical professionals carry out a calling that is, as I said already, so close to the heart of the Lord, because he wants us healed. Now, he allows sickness because he wants us growing spiritually in the midst of it. And so sometimes, even though we pray for someone to get better, they don't get better, or they don't get better right away. Because remember, the Lord has in mind the ultimate salvation from which everything else will follow. That's why, as he went around healing the sick... He didn't heal every single sick person in the world because the sick whom he healed during his ministry were a sign. He wanted to give people an awareness of who he was so that they could embrace him in faith. By embracing him in faith, then they are on the path to the overcoming of every evil, including death itself. And so it is today. If we're sick, we pray, and the Lord... It doesn't heal us. It's like, Lord, what's the matter? Are you not listening to my prayer? I am. Maybe at that point what has to happen is that we have to grow in the virtue of trust, of confidence, of reliance on Him, of humility, of patience, of wisdom, of any number of things, of reconciling to somebody in our life that we're not reconciled with, and only that period of sickness allows that reconciliation to occur either because we reach out to them or they reach out to us in concern for our lives. So many spiritual things happen in the midst of sickness. It doesn't mean we seek sickness. It doesn't mean we don't seek to get better. It doesn't mean we don't use our, the doctors and the nurses and the medicines. In fact, Scripture says, there's a passage in the book of Sirach, my son, when you are ill, pray to the Lord, but then give the doctor his place because the Lord has sent him too. The Lord gives these gifts of healing. The Lord allows us to progress in medical knowledge. And yet, we always risk, as with any good thing the Lord gives us, we always risk misusing it or misunderstanding it. What do I mean? Dr. Jerome Lejeune, and I knew his, his wife, He's now on the path to sainthood in the Catholic Church. John Paul II knew him and appointed him to be the first head of the Pontifical Academy for Life. And Dr. Lejeune discovered the genetic cause of Down syndrome. And of course, that was a great advance in human knowledge and medical and genetic science. But how saddened he was in his life to see that knowledge that he had broken through to give to the human family, misused and still misused today by those who will conduct genetic tests and then target those who have Down syndrome or other genetic diseases for death by abortion. Dr. Lejeune was so hurt by that, was so saddened by that. And so we see so many different advances in medicine misused. Having knowledge does not equal having virtue. We can have knowledge and then misuse that knowledge and end up doing ill. Isn't that, of course, what abortion is as well? You know, it's not even a medical procedure. A medical procedure helps the body to do something that it's supposed to be doing but is having some trouble doing. 
For example, blood isn't flowing through the artery because there's a blockage. So you go in there either with medicine or with surgery and you fix it. Why? So that the blood can flow the way the body is trying to let it flow. A medical procedure helps the body do something it's supposed to do, that it's trying to do, and it's having trouble doing. How does that fit with abortion? The baby is growing. The baby is growing very well. The body is nourishing that child. The child is great. And abortion goes in and stops all that, tears it apart, literally. That's not medicine. Doesn't deserve the name. It's not medicine. First question, of course, that any medical professional has to ask before doing an intervention in the form of surgery or medicine is what medical benefit does this bring to the person? What kind of a problem do they have that this intervention is going to solve? Abortion doesn't solve a medical issue. People use it to try to solve social issues. It doesn't even work with that. No, it's a disgrace. It's a violation of everything that the medical profession stands for. You want to see the other side of the coin, look at someone like St. Gianna Beretta Mola. Now, she's a saint of modern times, and she was a physician. I know her, her daughter, some of you have met her too because she speaks in pro-life circles and comes regularly to uh, the United States, but uh, Gianna Emanuela, she's also a physician. But St. Gianna Mola wrote beautiful things about the calling, the vocation of a medical professional, saying, when I touch my patients, I touch the body of Christ. When I am serving them, I am serving Jesus. Whatsoever you do to the least of my brothers and sisters, you do to me. Let's pray that all who follow this vocation will be able to rejoice in that, rejoice in the greatness of what they are called to do, rejoice in the closeness of Jesus, see Jesus in their patience, See Jesus suffering in the suffering of those that they, that they work to heal. And you know, doctors have told me all, all along, and those of you who are in the medical field can, can appreciate this. They've said, well, you know, Father, you know, we, all, we, we only do a tiny little bit. The body heals itself. We just kind of, you know, rearrange a few things to, to help facilitate that process. The body is a marvel. It's a mystery it's a wonder, and as we grow in medical knowledge, as a human family and as individuals in the medical field do so, let's never lose that sense of awe. Knowledge and skill should never replace the sense of mystery and awe. That's a beautiful thing to pray for as we pray for our medical professionals. And one other thing to pray for, and we'll mention this in the, the general intentions, is for their protection of conscience. So many medical professionals, I, I talked before about the sadness Dr. Lejeune had when his knowledge about the cause of Down syndrome started to be misused in order to kill those babies. So some medical professionals are forced into doing things that they know are morally wrong, and yet those who have authority over them and in their careers try to try to push them to do it. We must pray for the protection, first of all, for the moral strength of these men and women, these doctors and nurses, these medical students, for their moral strength to say no. 
and secondly, for their legal protection, because there are laws that protect the consciences of our medical professionals. Sadly, often these laws are not enforced. They're forced to take part in abortions. They're, they're, this is, of course, the flashpoint, right? This is, of course, the tip of the spear. But in other things, too, that they are convinced are morally wrong. We need to pray that they be protected. We need to come to their help. There are various Doctors for Life organizations. There are Nurses for Life. There are Medical Students for Life. And I'm involved with all these groups and have been for many years. And one of the things these groups do is to help their members find the legal assistance. And we have so many great pro-life legal groups that I work with as well and that help these individuals. Let's pray for that. Let's talk about that. Let's insist with our elected officials on the need for that. It's a good question to ask the candidates in this upcoming election. Will you support laws and policies that protect the freedom of medical professionals to do what they know is right and not to do what they believe is wrong? Key question. It's a key aspect of our freedom. And brothers and sisters, it's a key aspect of following the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the entire body of knowledge that you have given to the human family in the area of medicine. And thank you for those who courageously follow this vocation to serve your people and to serve you, Lord Jesus, in your people. Bless us all and bring us your integral salvation. Bring us your healing in body, mind, and spirit. And bring us the joy of your kingdom of life. Amen. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.